Hello, friends. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast from First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I'm Drew Shelley, one of the pastors here. It is our hope and prayer that the message you hear today will help you connect deeply with the love of God we know in Jesus. Also, we'd love to connect with you so that we can share life and faith together. If you'd like more information about this church family, or if you want us to contact you, you can visit our website, fumcm.org, or you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at FUMC Borough. If you're looking for a place to belong, we have that place for you in one of our classes or small groups, as a part of one of our mission teams, or in either our modern or traditional worship services, which both meet at 1015 on Sunday mornings. First United Methodist Church is a warm and welcoming community of people committed to the idea of growing disciples of Jesus Christ who know Him, love Him, and serve Him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. We hope this week's message helps you in your own personal journey towards knowing, loving, and serving Jesus in your life. I think uh, I was sitting on a cookie down here in the floor earlier. So if y'all see something on my britches, that's what it is. It's a, it's a cookie. And it's okay. <laughs> Before we hear from Luke's gospel, I wanted to share with you uh, an opportunity to study this text further. Uh, one of our pastors, the Reverend Chrysalyn Durham, will be leading a Bible study during the season of Lent. Uh, that will take place at 4.30 on Wednesday afternoons. And if you're interested in doing that, uh, she's going to be uh, studying a book called The Return of the Prodigal, which is by Henry Nowen. It's focused on this text that we'll read in just a moment. It's a beautiful, beautiful, powerful work that uh, I think will enrich all of our lives. Even if you can't be a part of that class, you might want to get the book and just read it as we go along because it will, uh, it will deepen your experience of this parable. Uh, it is available in the narthex today if you're interested in having a copy of, of that book. Uh, I'm not sure of the cost of it, but it's, it's available to you there, and you can sign up for the class as well. Let's hear the word of God from Luke's gospel, the 15th chapter, beginning in the 11th verse. Then Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons. Laura, you've given us a heads up on this story, haven't you? The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything... A severe famine took place throughout the country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. 
I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. His father ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on, and he replied, Why, your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him, But he answered his father, listen, for all these years, I have been working like a slave for you. I have never disobeyed your command, yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today, we begin a five-week journey with this parable, the parable of the prodigal son, It is our guide through this Lenten season, a time in the life of the church designed to cultivate our self-awareness, to cultivate a deeper relationship with God and a a better understanding of of what it means to do all that work together as a community of faith, a, a family. This particular parable is so important to me. I love it so much. It offers a profoundly deep, and challenging look at the good news of Jesus Christ and our purpose as followers of Jesus. One author named uh, Timothy Keller wrote this. He said, If you imagine all the parables of Jesus as a lake of God's grace and goodness, this particular parable is that place where you can see, see almost to the bottom. I think he's so right about that even though what we see both excites us and terrifies us, to be quite honest. So we'll take some time these next five weeks to listen, to think, to pray, to consider what it means for the people of God to begin, to truly begin living this parable. To set the stage, we are in the 15th chapter of Luke's gospel, 
Jesus has set his face to go to Jerusalem. We know what that means. We know where he's headed. He is on the way to Jerusalem to betrayal, to a trial, to suffering, to the crucifixion, and ultimately to the empty tomb of Easter. He is on this journey on our behalf, on our behalf, out of God's great love for us and for the whole world. On the way to Jerusalem, we have 10 chapters that we go through, parables, healings, miracles, teachings, and all sorts of happenings. Right in the middle of that are these three parables about the lost being found. We start with the lost sheep. We didn't read it, but you've probably heard the story. The shepherd leaves the 90 and 9 and goes looking for the one. In the history of the world, nobody's ever heard of a God who leaves everything to go looking for the one. You just don't do that. Then we have another story just like it. The woman who loses a coin and turns her whole house upside down looking for that coin. When she finds it, there is so much rejoicing. Jesus says, just so there is joy in the presence of God over one sinner who repents. One sinner who turns back to God then we come to the parable of the prodigal and his brother. The essence of these three parables grows as Jesus tells them. I think Jesus is unwrapping the heart of God for us, this heart that would leave everything to come and find us. The first part of the parable is so beautiful. Younger brother is just a jerk. He tells his daddy he wishes he were dead so he can have his inheritance. You know how it goes. Daddy lets him have the money. Then it all falls apart. Too much partying, too much wild living. The money runs out. He winds up slopping hogs for a nasty old pig farmer. He decides to go home expecting at the most to have to beg for a place as a hired hand on the farm. His father sees him in the distance. He runs to him. He welcomes him. He restores him at great cost, at great cost to the family. And then he throws a party. Oh, my son was dead, but he is alive again. It warms our hearts so much. It is the plot of every single Hallmark movie that has ever been made. You don't have to watch but one, and you've seen them all. For the sinners and the tax collectors, tax collectors in the crowd listening to Jesus. This is all that needs to be said, isn't it? This is all. Oh, if this is how God feels about us who are wicked, broken sinners, then so be it. We will turn our hearts to this God. Nothing more needs to be said. If you've ever made that journey to the faraway land and lost everything, if you've ever been on your knees begging God to save you from your own demons and found yourself delivered and forgiven, that's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. There is no greater truth to the good news of Jesus Christ. This kind of radical love and acceptance overwhelms us. But there were others listening. Luke mentions the Pharisees and the scribes who were grumbling 
this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. He can't be from God. Jesus can't be from God. Otherwise, he would know how bad these people really are. He would know their hearts. He would know that in two weeks, little brother will have slidden, slid right back into the life that he used to live. Come on, Jesus. You surely know better than to waste your time on those people, on those people. The parable continues for the benefit of the religious folk. Older brother is livid. Things get a little dicey here. Uh, Mr. Goody Two-Shoes, who does everything right and always has, he is livid over what's happening, isn't he? There's a party? Why are we having a party? Oh, little brother has been restored. He's back. What do you mean? He's already cost us so much. Oh, my goodness, he's going to ruin this family. Daddy has put him back just like he was. I cannot believe it. Do you think Daddy is starting to slip a little bit? Do you think so? Have you thought about that? Yes, I don't know. Maybe so. A few years ago, he would never have done this. I've noticed that he can't find his car keys ever. And then at Christmas, he gave the housekeeper a $1,000 tip. My goodness, maybe it's time to get a power of attorney to protect him from himself. Just, I don't know. Older brother is justifiably angry. We hear it in his voice. I've been working like a slave for you all these years, and you haven't so much as given me a little goat so I could have a party with my friends. Here is the hard truth. Older brother is just as alienated from the father as is his little brother. He has made the same journey far away from his father's heart without ever leaving home. The assumptions that he's built his life on are just not right. That hard truth flashes its light over and over to me because I am an older brother, both literally and metaphorically. I struggle with God's radical acceptance. I worry about accountability and cheap grace. I worry about enabling and codependence and all those sorts of things. I wonder how the father in this story gets around all of that. There are many in the church who have the same concerns. Some of us have been here our whole lives, haven't we? We have never left. We have the Sunday school attendance pen to prove it too. I've got mine from Covington, First United Methodist Church. I think they put a picture of me up in Sunday school. Never missed a Sunday till he went to college and then he just missed one. Others of us have been the younger brother, received and restored with nothing but God's pure love. But somehow, 10, 20, 30 years later, hearts have become even more hardened than older brother. You see, the church of Jesus Christ is very much like this crowd around Jesus full of younger brothers and older brothers, each of us a mix of both. The world watches us fight it out time and time and time again. A lot of our troubles come from this tension that we discover in this parable. Sometimes I think the world sees it better than we do. You can hear them occasionally. A little voice over in the corner at the party. Aren't you both? Aren't you both missing the point? 
that God values people over everything else, shouldn't you, God's children, do the very same? In the messiness of life and faith, of world and religion, of work and worship, Jesus says to us all, there was a man who had two sons. One was lost and then found. The other is not nearly as found as he thinks he is. Something to think about. Will you pray with me? Oh God, give us courage to think, to listen to what we're hearing in your story to us. We give you thanks for your grace that calls us all together, that gathers us now around this table that you have set for the little brothers and the big brothers for all the world. We thank you, O oh God, that you love us, that you call us together, and that you invite us into a way of life that is much, much, much bigger than anything we could have ever thought about or asked for. We pray it all in the name and in the power of your Son, Jesus. Amen. <laughs>